Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Discipleship the way it's not going to be done around Asbury, just saying, okay? But we do want to talk about discipleship this morning. Uh, We are in a three-part, starting a three-part series on the vision of Asbury. And I'm hoping that you'll come away from the series inspired and challenged and renewed, full of life. And you can see, you'll have a picture in your mind where God is calling us towards. Now, Now, oftentimes when people use the word vision, people hear different things. Some people see a vision as somewhat going up onto the mountain and and getting a word from God and bringing it down and talking to the people. Other people talk about a vision as if it's well, a preferred future. This is what we would like to see in the future. Um, this vision I'm about to present over the next three weeks is kind of a combination of both. I'm convinced that what we're talking about here is what God, where God wants us to go. I also know that the, the future... Um, uh, that this is a future that I want to be a part of at Asbury. Now let me give you just a little bit of history uh, about this vision. Uh, before I came to Asbury, there was a the group of you, the church at Asbury, got together and uh, they uh, were praying, they created a vision, and um, the vision statement that I'm going to present today comes out of that vision. It's, uh, it's aligned with the three categories of that vision, our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, and our relationship with the community. The reason why we need a new vision is, is that the old vision statement has more or less been fulfilled, and that's awesome. The board was looking at it, and, uh, and they're going to prepare a report on the old vision statement. So, so this renewed vision statement picks up where the old one left off. Um, now, the way a vision statement was crafted was that the board was looking at the old vision statement and it became evident that it wasn't sufficient to lead us into the future. Uh, it's obvious that we needed a new vision statement. It was also the middle of COVID and so trying to get people together is a challenge. So I choose to write, wrote, write a draft of the vision statement and present it to the board, talked about it, looked at it, prayed about it. And so this is what you are seeing because we're just saying, yeah, this is who we are. I don't think any of this is going to come as a surprise to you. So question is, why do we need a vision statement? Uh, I've been part of organizations that worked really hard, really, really hard to craft a vision statement. And after it was crafted, it was set on a shelf and quickly gathered dust. Um, that's not helpful. However, a good vision statement, it can be used as a North Star. It guides us to where we're going guides us to the general direction that we believe God is calling us to be. So it uh, guides our choices. So let's dive into the first part of our vision statement, our relationship with God. We imagine Asbury becoming a church full of exceptionally well-discipled people. This will be evidenced by our strong connection to Jesus. This connection will be seen as our lives align with the stories that Jesus told, and by our individual and corporate spiritual exercises or disciplines, and how we experience God in corporate worship and in our individual lives. That's the first part of a three-part vision statement. Let me ground this uh, in Scripture. Matthew chapter 28, you heard it read. Let me uh, read it to you again. 
Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You'll notice that Jesus' command was to go and make disciples. It's really important to notice that. He didn't say, go and make church attenders. He did not say, go and make converts. Um, He did not say, go and get people to pray the sinner's prayer. He said, go and make disciples. In response to the command of Jesus, I believe our call at Asbury is to become a church of exceptionally well-discipled people. I think, I think the last 18 months have shown us that the average disciple in North America has, um, that the North American church has produced is not equipped to meet the demands of life and culture. If my read on culture is correct, I expect it to become harder and harder to be a follower of Jesus in culture. I don't, I don't want to go down that rabbit trail now, but uh, many people are starting to see followers of Jesus as not only different, but dangerous, and maybe even evil. Uh, for the first three centuries of the church, um, Christians were accused of being cannibals because they met together quietly, and they heard rumors of this is my body and this is my blood being served at communion, uh, and uh, they were taking that, and it was blown widely out of proportion. Our culture, and of course Christians then, of course, were seen as evil. Our culture is quickly reverting back to that view of Christians. I, I don't worry so much about how the world views us as much as I worry about the, the quality of disciple we're producing. Are God's people equipped to live in this world well, loving others, full of life and joy. You'll notice from our, our passage what a disciple is. They're baptized, so they've made a public profession of, of faith, saying, yeah, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus, I've given my life to him. And then, in verse 20, it says, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Most of us were, were brought in, up in a discipleship framework that we didn't realize how much um, the culture around us, the modernist culture around us, had influenced our discipleship. We believed what the culture said when the culture said knowledge is power. Um, and of course, that's not true, Right? Knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is, is power. But uh, much of discipleship in the past is centered around um, the idea of what we know or what we believe. So the way the church has discipled people in the past is by doing Bible studies. And, and many of these Bible studies were about accumulating knowledge. That's not discipleship. If you're in a Bible study that's just about Um, accumulating knowledge. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not discipleship. 
uh, when Jesus talked about discipleship, if his emphasis was not on what they knew, but on what they did. Teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Knowledge is important. What we believe is important. Uh, yeah, a, a strong faith and a, a weak theology is really dangerous, actually. What we believe is important. But you only start to be a disciple when you apply the knowledge in your life. So, what does that mean for Asbury? Well, let me read the vision statement to you again. Our relationship to God. We imagine Asbury becoming a, a church of fully, um, of, of exceptionally well-discipled people. This will be evidenced by our strong connection to Jesus. This connection will be seen as our lives align with the story that Jesus told and by our individual and corporate spiritual exercises and how to experience God in corporate worship and in our individual lives. When we at Asbury are living out discipleship to Jesus, I think that one of the most important metaphors that uh, it will be evidenced by our strong connection with Jesus, I think Jesus talked about this in, in John chapter 15, one of the most important metaphors. I am the, the branch, you are the vine. Remain in me, abide in me, stay connected to me, stay attached to me, let my life continually flow into you. Um, that's what it means to be um, connected to Jesus. True disciples have a connection with Jesus. Question is, how does that connection show up? What does a strong connection to Jesus look like? Well, it comes with, first thing is we, we align ourselves with the stories that Jesus told. Did you know that when you look through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Jesus tells a whole lot of stories, the stories were all about the same thing? All the stories that Jesus told were about the kingdom of God. Uh, they speak about how to enter the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is like and the, the culture of the kingdom of God. They, they, they talk about God's expectations for his people in this kingdom, what's acceptable in the kingdom of God. And when we align ourselves with the story of Jesus, we, we learn what it means to both live in and live out of the kingdom of God. So that means we adopt the values of the kingdom. And that our values will be different than our worlds. Our approach to life. Our approach to relationships, to money, to sex, to work, to power, are different than those of the world. As we align ourselves with the story that Jesus told, we, we are living out the values of the kingdom. And you will notice that it's more than just belief. It's about how we live those beliefs out. It shows up in how we live. Second characteristic of a disciple at Asbury will be that we are seen, uh, will be seen in our individual and corporate spiritual disciplines. Some people call these sp uh, spiritual exercises, spiritual disciplines. I like the idea of spiritual exercises. Some of you go to the gym. When you go to the gym and you exercise, you know this, it's not about what you do at the gym. 
What you do at the gym is important, but you're not going just to be at the gym. Your, your exercise is done so that you can live the rest of your life better. Now, I know some people go to the gym and they do get into bodybuilding, or I know other people are, uh, do fitness competitions. But even those things, if you think about it, you do those things outside of the gym. Doing the work in the gym, which some people find fun, I never have, but doing the work in the gym, it's not about the gym. It's about how it allows your body to move through the rest of life. A lot of people judge their spiritual exercises, their personal disciplines, their private devotions, the daily prayer, the Bible reading, uh, practicing being silent before God. They judge that by how it felt when they were doing it. You know, do, did I feel good when I was reading God's Word? Did I, did I feel good when I was praying? But what is more important is how that time helps us to live the rest of life. What matters that is that our connection to God is strengthened. And that strength moves out into the other parts of our life. It's... Um, and here's what I know from personal experience, and it has been demonstrated through empirical research. You will not be a good disciple unless you engage in spiritual exercises. Research was done in a very large church about the qualities of, of, quality of disciples in their church. This church, they had amazing programs, they had wonderful small groups. They, they had incredible worship. But it was determined that uh, when they looked at their church and they, they had a definition for a quality disciple, and who were quality disciples? It wasn't the people who were attending all those things. What mattered most, the most significant piece in the whole thing, was the people had, were doing, practicing regularly spiritual disciplines. It's the same for you. Your spiritual exercises that you do throughout the week will uh, determine the quality of your spiritual life. And uh, the third thing that defines a disciple will be um, their experience with God in corporate worship and in our individual lives. We are all different people, and God meets us right where we're at, and so we will experience God differently. But it's almost impossible to be a great disciple of Jesus without having a regular experience with God. Uh, some examples of an experience with God would be answered prayer. One of the spiritual exercises I think is really important to pray about is praying about your day and your week. You're meeting with this person, you're going to this doctor's appointment, you're you're, you're moving, uh, you're, you'll be talking to th this person, you'll be doing this activity. Start praying about that. And it's amazing how you'll start to see God show up in those things. It's impressive when you start to engage in, in those kind of spiritual exercises, how, how often you will see God answer prayer. Track your prayers, what you're praying for, and then track the answer to that prayer. It's, I start to do that, and it just... In a month's time, I was starting to see 60, 70 answers to prayer 
in a month. You start to, to start to pray about your life, and then you'll see how God shows up in ways that you don't expect. Another example of experiencing God would be having God speak to you in a way that is important to your life right now. It's not just about knowing the Word of God in general, but having God speak to you in a way that highlights, yeah, this is what I'm calling you to right now. He can do that in so many different ways. Uh, he can do that um, when you're reading Scripture, through other people. But most often, he speaks by his Spirit who lives within you if you're a Christian. And you learn to recognize that still, small voice, and you know that it's the voice of God. I've become convinced that to be a good disciple of Jesus in this culture, the ability to hear from God about our immediate situation is paramount. Another uh, example of an experience God would be sensing God's pleasure when we worship together. You know, sometimes you come to church, and it's church. But there's sometimes you come to church, and you just know that you're in the presence of God, and you just, there's something in your heart that connects with, with the worship, and you just have a sense that God's, God's pleased uh, as you're among God's people. One last example of experiencing uh, God would be when you are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. Walking through uncomfortable, difficult, dark situations. Psalm 23 says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know how a shepherd leads. He just taps on the side and taps on the other side and, and leads. And even in the darkness, you can experience the peace of God the comfort of God. You can experience the strength of God. At Asbury, the fact that we are well-discipled people will be, will be evidenced by our strong connection with Jesus. And that strong connection will be seen in, in how we align our lives with the stories that Jesus told, the values of the kingdom of God. It will be shown in how uh, we uh, uh, engage in our uh, spiritual uh, disciplines, exercises, both corporately and individually. It'd also be how we experience God corporately and individually. That's what it'll look like. Can, can you imagine Asbury being full of exceptionally well-discipled people, where we are full of life, where we just have the sense that, that we're walking together and we're living out the, the culture of the kingdom? where we're getting our direction with Jesus, that, that you know people are strongly connected with Jesus. You don't have to go far to, to have a sense that, yeah, these people walk with God. Can you see what God will do with that? It would be an amazing church, but more than that, it would be an amazing way to reach our county. God said, go into all the world, make disciples. It's a call. So the question is how, right? How? That's always a, a vision is always nice, but the how is always the, the, the issue, right? How, how are we going to become a church full of exceptionally well-discipled people? Well, let me outline for you part of the discipleship pathway today. And by the way, there's one more piece of being an exceptionally well-discipled person, and that is community 
which we're going to spend all next week looking at, how we treat one another, how we grow in one another. That's, that's a whole other piece, uh, but it's, it's part of being an exceptionally well-discipled uh, person. question is how? Well, here's the discipleship pathway. For those of, who are investigating faith, or for those who are brand new to faith, we, we will encourage them to take part in Alpha. There they'll learn who Jesus is. They'll learn who God the Father is. They'll learn who the Holy Spirit is. They'll, they'll learn the basics about the Bible. They'll learn uh, a number of the basics of the faith. Um, next thing that, that I'm hoping is that, we, uh, that all of you, at some point over the next uh, few years, will take part in a study called The Way. The study puts an, an emphasis on abiding in Christ, what it means just to, to dig deep and remain in him, and practice, and it, it puts an emphasis on uh, hearing God's God. It also helps us establish spiritual exercises and go deeper in our spiritual exercises. To do this kind of study, though, it's, it requires either 15 minutes a day at least or an hour and a half a week uh, at least to, to, uh, to do the homework because you can't come to the study without doing the homework. You, it just, you won't get a whole lot from it. Uh, and it, the homework is all about not what you know but putting it into practice what you're, what you're learning. Uh, I'm planning to start one, uh, uh, two of these, one online and one in person in October. And uh, um, if you want to participate, I'll, you'll get a, an email if you're on the church email list. If you're not on the church email list, give the office a call, get your name on the church email list, and you'll see how to uh, participate. Follow-up study to this, as after people have gone through uh, the way study, will be... Uh, growing character. This is about how God changes us, changes our character, creates uh, his image in us. Uh, you need to take the way study first before you take that. And uh, that's going to be an ongoing study, but I've seen it change people's lives. It goes deep. It's challenging, but it's good. It's not hard to understand. It's just uh, challenging to walk it out. Because we believe that it is so important that you hear the voice of God, uh, one of the things we're going to be doing uh, this fall is a six-week. Um, half of it will be uh, a video seminar on hearing the voice of God. The other half will be uh, practice, practicing that. That'll be coming up as well. Now, as I disciple people, what I found is you get to a certain spot in their spiritual journey and it's like they have a bungee cord tied onto the, the back of their belt. And they, they go ahead and then they snap back. They go ahead a little bit more and they snap back. There's some things that create anchors in their spiritual journey that it just makes it really hard to push forward. So um, we will regularly run. Probably the first one will be in, in January. And I'm hoping this will happen a couple times a year. We may even join with... Uh, some of the other churches in town to do this, a set-free retreat, which basically walks through our lives and deals with those things that are, are, are holding us back from, from freedom in our spiritual journey. So that will be coming up as well. Part of our journey is um, corporate and spir uh, uh, spiritual exercises, and so I'm hoping that we will learn to pray together well. 
there'll be prayer meetings and prayer summits and outbreaks of prayer in our church. And so, as I said, you'll, you'll receive instructions this week by email if you want to sign up. There'll be some of you who are ready to sign up for it right away. Some of you are saying, ah, it's going to take me a while to get to the place where, where I want to go there. Um, I want to encourage you to get on the discipleship path. We want to see people be exceptionally well discipled. Discipleship is a, is a process. It's not something that's going to happen in a week or a month or a year. It's not going to happen just because you take a study. It's going to happen uh, as you apply what you're learning. But even as you do that, you'll find that there's various stages in the discipleship process. Um, so this is, we're in this for the long haul, not the short haul. This isn't something we can accomplish in a year. This is something that we're looking at what God wants us to be over the next number of years. But Jesus said, didn't, said, go, he said, go and make disciples. He didn't say, go make church attenders. So I'm calling you. Let's move forward into all that God has called us to be. Being a disciple is, is a choice. Some of you have been in church for, for years and you've uh, engaged in discipleship at some level. I want to encourage you to go deeper. There's always a deeper level to go. I'm being discipled. I'm still a disciple. I'm still going deeper in my faith. And I've been walking with Jesus for 54 years. Um, so yeah, came to Jesus when I was four. Um, it's a journey. Being the disciple is, takes effort. Uh, grace is undeserved favors. We don't earn the grace of God. We're saved by grace. It's not through works. It's not through uh, anything that we've done, but it's what God has done through us. But having grace operating in our life does not mean that we don't have to put effort into our journey. Peter says, make every effort to add to your faith, knowledge, to your knowledge, perseverance. He goes on, he says, make every effort. There's an effort in discipleship. It's, it's something that you have to put an effort into. I want to encourage you that if you're going to be the kind of person that God wants to be, it will take effort. That's okay. It's uh, worth working on. I know that this vision will take a number of years to, to become even fully developed, but I believe that this is the journey that God has called us on. And I hope that the vast majority of you will take part in the journey. Because this is God's heart for us as his people. Make disciples. Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. And then he says this, oh, I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. He'll be with us in this process. He is with us in this process. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're all in various places in our discipleship journey. Some of the people I'm talking to, oh, Lord, they've walked with you for a really long time, and they've gone deep into who you are. Some people have been Christians for a long time, but haven't been good students of you. Some people, they're just starting out on their journey, and uh, 
And so, Lord, I thank you that you take us right where we're at, but you don't want to leave us where we're at. That you have much, much more for us. So, Lord, I look forward to what you're going to do at Asbury. I pray your blessing. I pray, Lord, for your power, for your life to just flow in us, through us, around us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.